0: everybody and welcome to another episode of the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge presented by Georgia Alabama Sports Live. And you can catch an episode on home of Southern Sports, WQEE 99.1 FM the T, Monday through Friday from 2 to 3. I'm on after Rod Peterson, right before Brave Country Today, with Matt McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. I'm happy to be back here on this Monday. We do have a great show for you. I'm going to talk about Shohei Itani going to the Dodgers. Jalen Daniels wins the Heisman Trophy. And the Falcons drop another game. Wow. I'll get into that. But first, I'm here because I want to talk about what's been going on the past week. Many of you who follow me and catch my live show on Facebook have noticed I haven't done a live show on Facebook in a week. It's because I've been sick. I'm not going to beat around the bush. It has really been painful, sore throat, cough. I've just been really trying to weather the storm and just try to fight it off, doing the best I can. And I'm recovering, but I'm still just doing audio shows only. And sometimes you just got to grind through it. I've also been calling basketball games and just doing a show and just trying to do my best because I want to still give you the best content that you deserve. But also, I've been very busy calling basketball games as well. Had a weekend where I was fighting off being sick, but I was also calling the Spencer Northside boys and girls game Friday night. Thrift Barringer was at the land calling Pacelli. And then on Saturday, he was calling Pacelli, taking on Valdosta, which, by the way, they got a huge win over a 6A undefeated Valdosta team. And I think they're 7A. I'll have to check. And then I was at CVCC, and I called a game with Robert Edmond. He is the voice of the CVCC Pirates, and uh, we had a fun time calling that game. I also watched a little bit of the Army-Navy game. I saw the ESPN 30 for 30, the great Heisman race of 1997. It really brought me back because I remember how big of a college football fan I was when I was a kid. And that was the year I graduated from high school. So there's a lot of memories from 1997. But let's go ahead and get right into the show. Probably had the biggest news story that happened over the weekend. And it's really going to overshadow just about every sporting event. With the bowl season around the corner and the college football regular season wrapped up. You know, there's not a whole lot of stories going on. But you did have Shohei Otani. The Dodgers got the biggest prize, $700 million, 10 years. He's going to make $70 million a year. And I thought to myself, did they overpay for him? Because Shohei Ohtani is not going to pitch full-time next year. He's probably going to be a designated hitter. Because what position would he play if he wasn't a pitcher? And he is a very good player, two-time MVP. I just couldn't believe for six seasons him and Mike Trout did not make the playoffs. Did not even have a winning season. But Shohei Atani wants to go to a, a winner. And, well, the Dodgers do a great job in free agency. They have the biggest payroll in baseball. But they only have one World Series to show for it. And they have completely overachieved. You look at their last three years. 100 wins, 111, 106 wins. Two NLDS exits. Two disappointing exits in the last two years. The Dodgers have been a disappointment. If they don't win multiple World Series championships, this was a complete failure. The Dodgers are just going to keep, keep on spending money, giving it to Mookie Betts, giving it to Freddie Freeman, Max Muncie, Clayton Kershaw. I don't know how much longer Clayton Kershaw is going to be able to pitch. Julio Urias has got his legal troubles. I mean, the Dodgers, I just don't know what they are going to do to try to make a World Series contender. It, you, you're just throwing big payrolls to just these big-time free agents, and that's just what they do. But Shohei Otani had a very good year last year, 44 home runs and 95 RBIs for the Angels. He just wants to go to a winner, and I also think it makes Shohei Otani irrelevant as far as being in the big spotlight. He's going to be in more, more games. Primetime games. The Dodgers are always on ESPN. They're always on Fox. I think that Shohei Ohtani. a lot of people are going to remember where they were when they've seen Shohei Ohtani make just great strides. I mean, he is the most popular player in baseball. I wish that they would just market him better because this is the greatest baseball player we've ever seen since Bayreuth. This kind of has a 1918 feel to it. But I think that he's going to be fine And as a San Francisco Giants fan and also root for the Braves. You know, the Dodgers have been a thorn in the Braves' side in the postseason. And plus, the Giants are on the decline. It doesn't really bode well. But at the end of the day, I could still say that my team has two more World Series titles in the last 20 years than the Dodgers and can't take that away from us. Anyway, let's move on to the Heisman Trophy presentation. You Four candidates, all great candidates. Jalen Daniels from LSU wins the Heisman Trophy. He beat out Michael Penix Jr. from Washington. And my takeaway on the Heisman Trophy: it's a little bit of a MVP award and a most explosive offensive player award, or like the Maxwell Award. I mean, I, I look at the Heisman Trophy as Jalen Daniels did put up great offensive numbers. He did have a great wide receiver, Malik Neighbors, who's probably better, in my opinion, than Marvin Harrison Jr. Marvin Harrison Jr. was a Heisman finalist, but he didn't really have a great season, statistic-wise. And Jalen Daniels was also on a team that lost three games. I'm the type of person that feels that the Heisman Trophy winner should be on a team. That's in the college football playoff. I would have given it to Michael Penex Jr., but I don't have a vote in the Heisman. Jalen Daniels, the second LSU quarterback to win it. Joe Burrow won it. But you look at his numbers really spiked. As Jalen Daniels, he had over 3,800 passing yards and 40 touchdowns. And it was a great event. And you also had Bo Nix that was also there. So you had Marvin Harrison Jr., Bo Nix, Michael Penex Jr., and Jalen Daniels. And the central head football coach, the recent state champion central head football coach, was there with his son. Head coach Patrick Nix was there in support of Bo Nix, who had a great year for Oregon as well. I think that he could have won it because without him, I don't think Oregon would be in the spot that they were. And I just think that Marvin Harrison Jr. might be just the great wide receiver coming out of the draft, and he wasn't always the number one guy on Ohio State. Hey, did anybody watch that ESPN 30 for 30, the great Heisman race of 1997? Boy, that brought back a lot of memories. I remember college football in the 90s, even though the NFL was my favorite sport when it comes to football. I like college football as well. I was living in California. Cal, Stanford, not really irrelevant during the time. I was rooting for Arizona State because a guy I went to high school, Lindsey Jackson, was the wide receiver, and a guy I went to church with was the defensive end, Vince Amy. They also had Jake the Snake Plumber as the quarterback and the late Pat Tillman, who just made an incredible play on Ryan Leap. They showed footage of that game when Washington State lost to Arizona State. And Washington State was led by Mike Price. They went to the Rose Bowl. It was a great Heisman race. It was looking like it was going to be a shoe-in for Peyton Manning. you got to remember how big Peyton Manning was at Tennessee. He was the equivalent of Herschel Walker at Georgia. Peyton Manning, I think, lost a little bit of his lackluster when they lost to Florida. And that opened the door for candidates like Charles Woodson, who played both ways. Michigan shared the national championship with Nebraska. You also had Randy Moss that was coming out of nowhere at Marshall. He was just a freak of nature. Making big plays for Marshall. And then you have Ryan Leaf at Washington State. In fact, Lee Corso actually said on the broadcast that he could possibly be a better pro than Peyton Manning. Boy, I don't know what happened to Ryan Leaf. But there was a lot of great other players like Curtis Enos from Penn State, Tavion Banks from Iowa, and they didn't even mention Heinz Ward at Georgia. I'm surprised that Heinz Ward didn't get any recognition because that was a pretty good year for Heinz Ward in 1997. He was actually a quarterback as well. I love sports documentaries. It's a great one. If you want to check it out, it's called The Great Heisman Race of 1997. And not trying to spoil it, but we all know that Charles Woodson wins the Heisman Trophy. All right. The Los Angeles Lakers win the first ever in season tournament as they defeat the Pacers. And it's just another thing on LeBron's resume that he can say that he has accomplished. All right. Let's talk NFL recap. The Falcons drop the contest to the buccaneers 29 to 25 here's my takeaway on the game desmond ritter didn't lose this game for the falcons baker mayfield won the game for the buccaneers the falcons had the buccaneers beat and baker mayfield drove the length of the field and scored the game winning touchdown you got to tip your cap to baker mayfield and once again the falcons defense cannot hold the other team and the other team wins The Falcons, four times this season, had games they should have won. And yes, they're still technically in first place. It's a three-way tie with the Buccaneers and the Saints. I was actually looking at the schedule. The Buccaneers and Saints have some tough games coming up. The Falcons have winnable games the rest of the season. There should be no excuse. I thought Desmond Ritter played well. I know he had the interception. But what a catch by Drake London. they got to utilize Bijan Robinson more. I know that there was injuries on the offensive line. I know that they had some defensive players that were out as well. But these are games where you have to win. And the Falcons blew another game. What can I say? Some of the action around the NFL, I mean, I, I was at the house. I was just watching some games. I watched a little bit of the Falcons game. Then I turned on the... Bills, Chiefs, and I also saw the 49er Seahawks. I actually had both laptops up, and I have a YouTube TV account. And so I was watching both games simultaneously. This is really cool that technology has allowed us to do this. Happy for the Bills. They were the more desperate team. They get the 20-7 to 7 victory over the Chiefs. However, controversial call. I'm not sure if Kadarius Tony was lined up in the neutral zone. But there was a touchdown that was wiped out. The Chiefs would have taken the lead. And the Bills actually survive, and they get the win over the Kansas City Chiefs. I thought when the Bills took the 20-17 lead, I thought that the Chiefs were going to go down and score the game-winning touchdown because Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. But there are something wrong with the Chiefs. They have lost two straight games, and I know they're going to – Blame the refs, you know, the pass interference, non call against Green Bay, and then this questionable call. But look, you got to look yourself in the mirror. The Chiefs are eight and five. You got the Broncos that are just a game behind you. The Chiefs are not going to the Super Bowl this year. This is not a Super Bowl team. They don't have a number one wide receiver that can separate. Sure, Rasheed Rice actually has good games once in a while. But you cannot put 80% of your offense into Travis Kelsey. And that defense is only going to wear down when they take on another quarterback that can move the football. Because not every defense is immortal. There are teams that can move the football on the Chiefs defense. And that really is the name of the game is to keep the ball out of the hands of Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes is still great. But the Chiefs are just not the same team they have been over the past couple of years. With the win, the Bills are now seven and six, and I think that they are going to get into the playoffs. This is going to be a dangerous team in the playoffs, whether they're at home or whether they're on the road. I think the Dolphins still win the AFC East, but the Pills are going to be a dangerous wildcard team. Gear up because the playoffs are going to be here in about a month, and I cannot wait. On the other computer, I was watching the 49ers Seahawks. You know, of course, I have an invested interest. I'm a 49ers fan. I thought that the 49ers could have a letdown game after blowing out the Eagles last week. And it really was a tight game. I knew that Seattle was going to come out and give them everything because they're desperate. They're fighting for their playoff lives. And they did not have Geno Smith. Drew Locke was throwing darts to DK Metcalf. The 49ers did have injuries. But the 49ers still a methodical machine. And Brock Purdy passed for a season-high 369 yards. And Brock Purdy, right now, is the front-runner for the MVP in the league. If you're not a believer in Brock Purdy, you need to be. He is a top-five quarterback, and get this, because of the Sunday night game, Dallas beating Philadelphia 33-13, the 49ers have the number-one seed in the NFC right now. They're 10-3, along with Dallas and Philadelphia, and they have already won the NFC West, and they are going to try to get Home field advantage throughout the playoffs, which means they would be the odds on favorites to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. Some of the other games I want to just touch up on real quick. The biggest shocker the Jets beating the Texans 30 to 6. All of a sudden, Zach Wilson he passes for 301 yards and two touchdowns. Where has this been? Maybe Zach Wilson is pretty good. All right. We are going to go ahead and take our first break, and when we come back, I'm going to wrap up the show, and I'm going to go ahead and play a Best of show. You're uh, listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, presented by Georgia Alabama Sports Live. We'll be right back.
1: Active Pest Control offers the best services and prices to protect your home, offering both monthly and quarterly pest control services, plus specific services like bug, German Roach, and Fleet Control. Even if you can't see them, insects are all around you 24-7. Active Pest Control wants to be the first line of defense. Active Pest Control, repair, Find best termite coverage around. Active Pest Control, 34 Jefferson Street, Newton, 770-954-9941. Tune in each Sunday morning right here on WQEE 99.1 FM for the key for help from a high with Bishop Daniel Hottaway, Sr. of Redemptive Life Worship Center at 9 a.m. Hear the word of God and soak it in. You can join us for our live Sunday service at 10 o'clock a.m. till 12.30 p.m. at Redemptive Life Worship Center at 2265 Highway 54 in Marlin, Georgia. Have a blessed week.
0: Welcome back to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, presented by Georgia Alabama Sports Live. Just a recap of high school playoffs in Alabama from over the weekend. Don't forget that we do have the start of GHSA playoffs today at the Mercedes Benz Stadium. I'll get into the games, but let's talk about 6A football in the AHSAA. Clay Chalkville. They get the 31 to 28 victory over the defending 6A champion Saraland. In 5A Gulf Shores defeats the defending 5A champion Ramsey by a score of 21 to 14. In 4A Montgomery Catholic defeated Cherokee County 35 to nothing. In 3A Mobile Christian defeats Madison Academy by a score of 55 to 28. In 2A Fife defeats Realtown Forty-three to twenty-six, and finally, in one A, Leroy defeats Kusa Christian, twenty-eight to twenty-one. Today, starting at four o'clock, we have the GHSA state playoffs, the championships at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. One A Division One, we have the rematch from last year's championship. Swainsboro is taking on Prince Avenue Christian. At 7 o'clock, the Manchester Blue Devils, trying to win their first state championship since 1997, is taking on Bowden, a team they defeated 21-20 to start the season. But on a serious note, just my thoughts and prayers go out to the Manchester community as they suffered tragedy as one of their players was killed last night. And I can't imagine what this community is going through. They're still going to play the game, and I know that they're going to play for their teammate, and there's still a lot of unknowns about this incident. It's an ongoing investigation. We don't know the cause of death or anything, but we just know that a member of the Manchester football team died last night in Manchester, and uh, just my, my heart just goes out to the community of Manchester at this time. As high school football wraps up in Georgia, as is officially wrapped up in Alabama, I'm going to go ahead and talk about some of the games that are happening tomorrow. Starting at 1 p.m., you got Rock Mart taking on Pierce County. This is for the 2A championship. At 4 p.m., the 4A championship is Perry versus Stockbridge. And then at 7 p.m., the 6A championship is Thomas County Central taking on Woodward Academy. And finally, high school football comes to a close Wednesday, December the 13th. Starting with the 3A championship at 1 o'clock, Savannah Christian is taking on Cedar Grove. At 4 o'clock, you have Coffee taking on Creekside. That's the 5A championship. And then the 7A championship at 7 o'clock is Milton versus Walton. All these games you can catch on GPB TV. Or the GPP Sports app, as Matt Stewart, Wayne Gandy will be on the call. As always, Hannah Gooden, John Nelson do an amazing job with the studio show. This is going to be a condensed show. I'm going to try to get back to doing my Facebook Live shows. But if I can't get any guests, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I can't go a full hour talking about sports every day. Uh, but I will continue having the Georgia Alabama Sports live shows that I do with Thrip Behringer. We do plan on doing a couple shows this week, so we will go ahead and get that aired. And I'm going to go ahead and sign off. But thank you so much for joining us here on the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. And uh, one more note I want to talk about before we close the show. Congratulations, the Columbus River Dragons. They get the 8-1 to one victory over Mississippi on Saturday and a 6-4 to victory on Friday as they are 11-1-2 and they have 35 points on the season. They are currently in first place in the Continental Division. And I do want to say that my thoughts and prayers are out to the River Dragons community at this time. As their player Nathan Balkwill was taken to the ER on Saturday, he's okay. He's been discharged from the hospital. He just suffered a broken nose and some facial lacerations, but it was a scary moment on the ice, and we are just glad that he is okay. I mean, any you see something like that when you're at the game, the sport itself doesn't matter, and I'm just glad to see that he is doing well. My thoughts and prayers go out to Nathan Falkwill and his family. All right, that's going to do it for the Sports Beat for today. Stay tuned as I'm going to have some best of episodes. And I want to thank Ryan O'Neill back at the station for giving me this opportunity to do what I love and give you Sports Talk Radio as this is what I've always wanted to do. And I just kept the momentum going. and, And I apologize. I've been sick this past week. But like Carl Lewis said after he sang the national anthem, I'll make up for it. All right, have a great day, everybody. You've been listening to another episode of the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge presented by Georgia Alabama Sports Live. You can catch an episode daily on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key Monday through Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. This is a podcast that covers local sports to the Chattahoochee Valley. If you would like to catch a replay of the show, you can download an episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. And I hope you have a great, Rest of your day.